Turn with me in your Bibles. We're going to go to Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 24. Uh, if you're reading from the Pew Bible, it's on page 979. Page 979. This is our last sermon in Ephesians. We're going to move to a time of Thanksgiving and a small stint in Isaiah for Christmas. But I want to focus on this last portion. Two things come to mind. On a focused, focused in level, it deals with relationships. We only have to read the history of great men who have been cut down because of failures in relationships. Satan loves to attack us at home. But on a broader level, in the whole of Ephesians, we find ourselves as members of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And Satan is our enemy. And there is nothing he would long to do more than to attack us and assault us. So the question is, how do we respond? And we're going to pick that up in our sermon in a sentence. Be dressed and ready. Be dressed and ready. Let's pray. We'll jump in. Heavenly Father, We find ourselves under attack, our very thoughts, our lives, all sorts of distractions by the enemy. But I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would pour out your Spirit here in this time, that we may hear you, that we may listen, that we may have our eyes and our hearts fixed on the hope that we have in heaven. Father, would you give me the ability to portray this hope with clarity? And would you give us all a clearer vision of that hope we have? Father, I ask these things in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, we can take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert. And with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, as I ought to speak. So that you may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychius, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your heart. 
Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. And thus ends the reading of God's Word this morning. Let me ask a question. When's the last time this church has been broken into? It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been at least a decade. I think I can say that comfortably. When's the last time any of our houses have been broken into? It's been a while, hasn't it? And yet, I guarantee you, there's someone here packing heat. Everywhere I go with MJ, he puts his pistol in my car. That pistol hadn't been shot in so long when he pulled the trigger, it wheezes. But he, we bring it everywhere. Why? We lock our doors at night. Nobody has come to my house at night, but I lock the door anyway. Because we're always ready for danger. Evil doesn't take a day off. So this shows a basic principle. That we must always be dressed and ready for when the enemy attacks. The question is not if the enemy attacks. The question is when the enemy attacks. But what, we, what do we do about spiritual enemies? How do we lock the door? How do we pack heat? How do we defend ourselves against spiritual attacks? Are we dressed and ready? Let me tell you, we stand today against an evil one, against Satan and a legion of demons. This is a reality that is slighted in our day. There was a New Testament scholar in the 20th century who said, How can we believe in devils and miracles when you can flick a light switch on? You see what he's saying? He's saying, with all this technology, how can we believe in such things like that? Pop culture and science has neutered our belief in Satan. How many, well, this never happens out here, but maybe if you live somewhere else, little devils will knock on your door on last night and ask for candy. Maybe not here, nor not during COVID. But at some time, people used to do that. And we laugh. But it's obvious that we don't believe in Satan. When's the last time we have, that we've prayed for protection from satanic attack? With each new rising generation, we must go back to old methods of defense. Me and Jessica have a friend back in Laurel who bought a foreclosed home. And beautiful home, small, had a greenhouse in the back on a hill, no big deal. Well, after she bought the house, she was mowing the yard, and as she mowed the back side of that hill, she saw a door. And as she walked to that door, it was a four-inch thick steel door. And behind that door was a concrete reinforced steel bunker that the realtor didn't know about. It had its own water supply, and the air was filtered through the greenhouse on the roof. And as she began to dig into it, she found out that four families had paid to buy this bunker and have it built during the Cold War with the Russians because they were fearful of nuclear attack. Isn't that our society? Man creates a mine. Another man creates a mine sweeper. One man creates an assault rifle, another man a Kevlar vest. 
One man creates a nuke, another one a, a bunker. With each new form of destruction comes a new form of defense. But how do we deal with spiritual attacks? How does Satan attack us? Well, look at Adam and Eve. They had no sin, no weakness. And yet, Satan knocked them from their coveted position in one strike. Afterwards, we're told that Satan's head would be crushed. But how? What can we do? Revelations paint Satan as a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. His tail would sweep a third of the starry host from the sky. And he, his penetrating gaze would be on the seed of the woman. And we see his fearsome fangs almost close in on the seed of the woman as Pharaoh grabbed each newborn baby boy and hurled him into the Nile River. We see his ferocious claws ripping and tearing at the seed of the woman as the Amalekites tried to kill Al-Israel, as Goliath tried to kill David, as Herod committed infanticide in the small city of Bethlehem. The day would come when Jesus Christ would appear, the seed of the woman. He would wield the sword of God, the word of God as a sword. He would hold the shield of faith. He would have a breastplate of perfect righteousness. He would be clothed in all the armor of salvation. Him and Satan would fight to the death. And in one fell swoop, a sword would pierce his side. But the handle would crush Satan's head. Satan would be defeated, but Satan would not surrender. Even today, we continue to stand against the evil one. Therefore, Paul calls it an evil day. When you look at World War II in Japan, we dropped two nukes on Japan, and they pleaded for a peace treaty. And though the battle was over, fighting continued on the islands for many, many weeks. In the same way, Satan continues to make war on the church, on those who keep the commandments of God. In fact, I would say that Satan's attacks have escalated in a way that the Old Testament has never seen. In the Old Testament, Satan was focused on one seed, Jesus Christ. But now he's focused on all of his seed, on all of his offspring, on the church. And his intent is to destroy us. Just take our country, for example. I was talking with MJ about this yesterday. America used to be the number one country for sending missionaries in the world. That was in the 20th century. Today, we're the third largest missionary field. That the majority of churches will not have one adult conversion this year. Do you not think that Satan is on the prowl? Satan is like a wild hog backed into a corner, and there is no limits to his rampage. His snarl does not stop, nor will his rage find any rest in this evil day. The question is, what are we to do? What are we to do? Winston Churchill famously said, 
We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many months of struggle and suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I can say it is to wage war by sea, land, and air with all of our might and with all the strength God can give us to wage war against a monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark, lamentable catalog of human crime. That is our policy. What is our aim? I can answer it in one word. It is victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. The same applies to us today. Without victory, there is no survival. Now what has God given us that we may survive today? What armor has God given us? Now, when Paul was writing to the Ephesians, Paul wasn't sitting in his jail cell, looking out the window, going, Oh, a Roman soldier? That'd be a great sermon illustration. No. If that was the case, I'd have Monty up here dressed as a Roman soldier, and we'd just pick out all the pieces. That's not how it works. Paul was reading his Bible. And all of the armor that Paul gives us is found in the book of Isaiah. It is armor that God himself wore for the purpose of salvation. In the same way, think of our own life. A soldier, a fireman, and a fry cook all have different uniforms, and they all serve a different purpose. If a fireman enters a building dressed as a fry cook, it's not going to end very well, is it? The, the armor has a purpose. God gives us his armor to identify us as his people and for the purpose of salvation, that we can stand against the evil one. Each part of this armor stems from the gospel of Jesus Christ, our only hope of salvation and our only defense against the devil. Now what is this armor? Well, first Paul says that we have the belt of truth, the word of God. Now we all here, most of us here wear a belt. It keeps us together, doesn't it? Belts are important. In the same way, the word of God keeps our lives together. Uh, and, uh, you know, yesterday was Reformation Day where Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the church door at Wittenberg. And afterwards, he was called to the Diet of Worms, and they were asked him to recant. And he said to them, My conscience is bound by the Word of God. In the same way, our lives are bound and held together by God's Word and God's commandments. Satan would tempt us against our integrity to go outside of what God has commanded. But we must have our belt of truth. Are we bound? Are we dressed and ready? Not only do we have a belt of truth, but we have a, bre a breastplate of righteousness. One of my favorite books is The Pilgrim's Progress. The longest section in The Pilgrim's Progress is Doubting Castle. It's a castle of doubt and despair where a Christian contempt, he contemplates suicide. 
Now, how does Christian get out of this council of despair? He pulls from his breast a key called promise. In the same way, we have a breastplate of righteousness. It's the promise of the gospel that Jesus Christ has given his righteousness to us. When Satan casts darts at us, and he looks and he says, You have not done enough. You are not good enough. You sin too much. God will not accept you. We can just tap on our, our Kevlar vest, on our breastplate, on our plate of righteousness. And we can say, His righteousness is sufficient for me. Do you have this promise? Are you dressed and ready? Not only do we have a breastplate, but we have shoes. Shoes are important. Our feet are shown with the gospel of peace. The gospel has teeth, okay? The gospel isn't a pair of flip-flops. You put on a pair of flip-flops and you try to climb a hill, it's game over. The gospel has teeth. Back in Paul's day, Roman soldiers wore shoes that were driven through with nails so they could climb all sorts of terrain. And as Paul pulls this imagery out of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah pictures a man who has scaled the top of a tall mountain, ready to proclaim the gospel. And what does he say? Your God reigns. We march through the muck and mess of this fallen world to proclaim the gospel of peace. Do we know the gospel? Can we articulate it? Can we tell others? Are we dressed and ready? Not only shoes, but we have a shield of faith. These shields were soaked in water to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. <coughs> Satan casts these darts in all sorts of ways. It happens when pop-ups come up as we're on the internet. It happens as we are around friends that we probably shouldn't be. It happens as we turn on the TV and, and temptation to fear and to doubt come. Satan's darts come in many ways. But as one man once said, you can't stop the birds from flying overhead. But you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. For those of us here who have hair, mind you. It's the same way. You can't stop Satan's darts from flying. They're always going to fly. But you can hold your shield of faith. Can we cry out with David who clung to the promises of God? Genesis 15, God said, Abraham, I am your shield. And when David found himself assaulted by enemies in Psalm 3, he says, O Lord, you are my shield, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Are we holding to the shield of promise? Are we dressed and ready? More than a shield, we have a helmet. Helmets are important, aren't they? One of Satan's most insidious assaults is to attack our thoughts. Each of us have been sitting there and have just some thought that just comes out of nowhere. And it seems foreign to us. It happens to all of us. Something Satan is out to do. The danger is not the thought. The danger is chasing that rabbit. You chase that rabbit, you'll be caught by the trap. 
It only takes entertaining that thought for one second before we are all swept away. That's why Paul points us to our helmets. It is the hope of salvation. We look forward to a future hope and a future glory that makes all the temptations of this world lose their luster. Do you have this hope? Are you dressed and ready? Finally, we have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You know, Jesus Christ, when He was assaulted in Matthew 4, how did He respond? Thus, it is written. He responded to temptation with Scripture. This is how we use the word offensively. The Word of God is not something we only open on Sunday, but it's something we store in here. Shelby Foote tells the story of a man during the Civil War. He was injured at the Battle of Shiloh, and his commander said, go to the rear. Well, a few minutes later, the man runs back, and he says, Captain, I need a gun. This battle ain't got no rear. In the same way, this spiritual battle we're in, it has no rear. It does not stop. Satan presses us from all sides. We need the Word of God. Do we have these promises of God? memorized and stored in our hearts. You might say, Zach, I can't remember anything. But if you can remember three promises, these are like three smooth stones that David used to slay Goliath. And for us, these handful of promises can slay a Goliath of temptation. Are you dressed and ready? Each of these pieces point us to the great hope we have in Jesus Christ. These are the things we must put on daily. Reading His Word, knowing His Gospel, trusting in His work, and looking forward to our great hope. The question is, how do we use these things? You know, if someone threw me an AR-15, well, when that thing got empty, I'd be in trouble because I don't know how to use it. What's the point of having these weapons if we can't use it? How do we use it? Let me just give you three quick things. First, be alert. Be alert. Men and rivers are made crooked by following the path of least resistance. And if we are not alert, if we are not watchful, we will become just as crooked. Pharaoh's army, all of his chariots were pulled by these beautiful stallions. Beautiful stallions. They entered into battle one day, and the opposing army got smart. They got one mare in heat and released her into the battlefield. What do you think happened to all those stallions? The battle was thrown into chaos. So one soldier killed the mare as soon as he saw her because he saw the catastrophe coming. He was alert. He was watchful. Our enemy is even more crafty. And he sends things much more dangerous than mares into our battlefield. We must be full, on full alert. How many times has social media led us to envy and strife? How many times have we hung around friends who love to gossip and then we find ourselves poking holes in the coats of the godly? How many times have we let little patterns develop into sinful tendencies that pull us away from the gospel. 
we may say these are small things. But Satan only had to sow small seeds of doubt in Eve to lead to a great fall in temptation. We must be alert for these small things. Each of us here know our hearts better than anyone else. We know where our sinful hearts go. Are you being alert? Are we being watchful? Not only be watchful, but be prayerful. Be prayerful. There was a Civil War soldier who wanted to go talk to Abraham Lincoln. He had a problem only Lincoln could fix. He goes up there and all of his cabinet members and all the guards usher the soldier away. And the soldier sits outside on a bench sobbing. A small child comes up to, to the man, puts his arm around him and says, Sir, what's wrong? And he says, I have a problem and I can't get any help. And the little boy says, come with me. The little boy grabs his hand, leads him through some hallways, and wouldn't you know it, he appears in the Oval Office. And the little boy looks and says, Dad, this man needs your help. And Abraham Lincoln puts down his pen and says, Certainly, my son. Now, my friend, what can I do to help you? Let me tell you. Paul commands all prayer because we're under attack at all times. To stand alone will lead us just like that soldier standing outside the White House crying and sobbing. We'll be full of despair and depression. And one day we'll find ourselves far away from Christ. Look around. These are your fellow soldiers. They need your prayer. Look down. You need your prayer. But only by praying in the name of Jesus Christ can we avail ourselves to the God who supplies all of our needs. What provision? What provision do we need in this battle? Where is Satan attacking you the most? What is our need? God provides all things to us, but he provides it through all prayer. We must be alert. And we must be prayerful. Now I want to close with one last exhortation. Be alert. Be prayerful. Be ready. Be ready. Each of us here are struggling with fear and temptation in some way. An old pastor once put his arm around me and he said, Zach, there's a struggling heart on every pew. It's hard to believe that sometimes, isn't it? Seems like everybody has their life together on Sunday, but it's true. We find ourselves face-to-face -face with fear and anxiety as we turn on the news. We think about the election and COVID and what's happening. Many of us have family members who are struggling. And as we brush against their health problems, we fear death. As we brush up against their temptation, we too find ourselves tempted. And Satan uses these things against us. The battle is not stopping. And Satan isn't out of ammunition yet. We must be ready. Paul tells us to stand in the gospel. And Paul tells us to be ready to preach the gospel. Satan is an evil power, a cosmic kingdom, a spiritual enemy who only longs to hurt you. Some of us have friends and family separated from Christ, members of Satan's kingdom. Other of us have friends and family who are under the assault of Satan. 
only by being ready to preach the gospel to ourselves and to others will we stand in this evil day. So I ask, as we come to the end of Ephesians, I've said one word every sermon, identity. This armor identifies us with Christ. Do you identify with Christ? Can you preach the gospel to yourself? Are you clinging to the hope that we have in Him? Christ is the one who brings us salvation today. But that same Christ is the one who judges us tomorrow. And no one will stand in that day. We must stand in Him today. If you are not, if you have questions about where you stand with Christ, talk to me. Today is the day of salvation. And this battle and this evil day will soon be over. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, each of us here are weary. We're weary. Each day brings new troubles and Satan brings new assaults. And as we age and we grow and we find ourselves defended against one, here comes another to knock the wind out of us. Heavenly Father, would you strengthen us through the work of Jesus Christ? Would you help us to suit up and to be ready to continue to stand in this evil day? Would you strengthen our needs? Would you help us to cling to the cross of Jesus Christ until this day has passed and the morning has dawned? Father, we look for that morning. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.